Welcome to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hi there, and welcome to the Sonic Society episode 459. I'm your host, Jack Ward. David Alt is off this week as we have very little time for the intro as we proudly present part two of the Sandbox Radio Theater live event Spring Fling, right here on the Sonic Society. Now back to the show, and a piece from one of our favorite contributors, Wayne Raleigh. This is going very well, Jacob. This is going very well. How are we doing? Are you okay? No. Are you having fun? No. What's wrong? I'm, I'm sweating. Am I sweating? I'm sweating. Jesus Christ. You're not sweating. You're sweating a little bit. It, it's hot in here. Everyone is sweating. You're not sweating. Yeah, well, that's because I'm just having a nice couple of no pressure, not the end of the oh my god freaking world drinks with a nice woman. What are you doing? I'm sweating. Well, stop it. <laughs> You're confident. Of course I'm confident. Why wouldn't I be confident? What is there not to be confident about? We're not curing cancer, Jacob. We're not negotiating the release of hostages. We're just having drinks. And what, I ask you, what is sitting over there that wouldn't want some of what is over here buying the drinks? What did I tell you on the way over here? I don't know. What did I tell you? We got it going on. <laughs> what? We got it going on. That's right. We got it going on. She is pretty. Yeah? Sure. You think she's pretty? Yeah, sure. She is pretty. Too pretty. Not too pretty. Too pretty. Not too pretty. I'm ugly. What? I'm ugly. No, what? What kind of talk is that now? Yes, you, I am. You are not ugly. Yes, I am. Dude. You are handsome, man. No. A handsome, handsome man. Really? Can we not do this in public? Jacob, please, don't make me do this at the bar. I'm okay looking, I guess, but you think I'm handsome? Dude, you're a fox. Okay. You're foxy. Okay, that's making me uncomfortable. Well, then don't... Well, don't tell me I'm foxy in public. Then take the drinks and let's go back to the table and show this girl that you are the awesome guy that you are. And that every minute she spends with you is a minute spent improving her life as a whole. 
That goal seems lofty. What are you doing? Put the mirror down. Why are you blemish hunting? Stop it. This zit is getting bigger. It's barely noticeable except for the fact that you keep pointing at it. Put the mirror down. Am I snorting when I laugh? You haven't laughed yet. That's because when I laugh, sometimes I snort. You've barely said four words. I'm a snorter. Well, be sure not to laugh at anything he says because that is a surefire way to let someone know that you're into them. Men are, as a general rule, turned off by the snorting. Actually, Sarah, most people think it's cute. When you actually do snort, which isn't often, it is a cute little snort. What am I doing here? You are looking cute, laughing, not snorting, and having fun. What do I think is going to happen? We're going to hit it off. We're going to glance into each other's eyes, only to become lost in each other's gaze, instantly forming an unbreakable connection that will, in an appropriately healthy amount of time, transform into everlasting love, that we will embark on a mutually nourishing relationship that will make us happy for the rest of our lives. Yes. (laughs) That, or you could start with a drink. My apartment is in a good school district. I know that. I researched it. That's one of the reasons I moved there. And I'm not raising our children in a neighborhood that doesn't have good schools with access to the internet and healthy, organically grown lunch options. I don't think you need to mention that. (laughs) Before the drink. I think there will be plenty of time to hammer out those details after the drink. My ass is huge. Oh my god. It is. It is a huge, enormous ass. It is not it's huge. It's like a planet. Planet ass. Sarah, stop it. Why do you do this to yourself? Any man would be lucky to spend time with you. You are a beautiful woman. You are smart, professional, well-read. Bookish. Well-read. <laughs> funny, dynamic, and interesting one. And I'm a good driver. <laughs> yes. Yes, and you have a beautiful, perfectly sized ass. Really? Nuh-uh. Any man would be happy to have a chance to tap that ass. That means have sex with it, doesn't it? Yes. You're trying to get me laid, aren't you? Well, my God, Sarah, it couldn't hurt, could it? Hi. <laughs> have no fear, Sarah. We have returned with the drinks. Did you miss us? Hi. You made it back to us. Hi. Welcome back. Thanks. How was the bar? Awesome. Crowded. (laughs) Sarah, did you know Jacob is a writer? Jacob, you are a writer? That is incredible. You're a writer? Sarah loves books. Not really. Not a real writer. Yes, he is. Dude, yes, you are. I'm a playwright. (laughs) 
a brilliant playwright. Sarah loves theater, and she is very knowledgeable about it. Playwrights aren't real writers? Uh, yes, of course they are. No, no, not really. Oh, come on. Have you had anything produced? Tons. Some. <laughs> Jacob has had several productions on stages all over the country. They have been very well received, and he was commissioned by one of the biggest companies in town to write a play for a very prestigious New Works Festival. I do most of my stuff in a garage. A garage? It's kind of a basement garage. It's a theater, but it's a basement. I mean, it's got a garage door. But when you walk inside, it's a basement. You know, garage, basement, theater. Oh! Actually, it is one of the finest, small, professional houses in the city. It's growing all the time, doing bold new work, and it is very well respected. Sometimes the sound system doesn't work. Jesus Christ! Really? Yeah. What do you do when that happens? Well, I usually just get depressed, really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I, uh... Um, Sarah here works for King County. What do you do? For my job. Yeah. She works to protect the environment and quality of life in Seattle and to educate people about what they can do to reduce the drain on natural resources in their own communities through groundbreaking recycling programs, public space projects, and composting initiatives. Fascinating. My job is boring. Oh, yeah? She's kidding. Her job is far from boring. Yeah, I work for the King County Waste Management Authority and Recycling Board. Wow. That sounds... Cool. That sounds important. It's very important work. You should check out the website. It is amazing the programs that Sarah is working to create. Sometimes people call and think we're the garbage company, but we're not. Oh, they they think... Yeah, they call and they're all like, hey, are you the garbage company? And I'm like, no, sir, this is not the garbage company. Let me give you that number. Let me give you that number, sir. (laughs) And then I give him the number. Oh. oh, Oh! so you have the number right there. So we there. can give it out. So you can give it out? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I can see how that would, you know. Boring. Oh, my God, no, no, Sarah. I, I, I mean, I, I can see how that would be frustrating, all those people calling, having to give out the number. So can I ask you a question? Yes, by all means, please do ask a question. I'm sure Sarah would love to know more about your work. Sure, go, go ahead. Okay, so do you ever get the feeling that happiness, that happiness is like an apple, a beautiful, bright, shiny red apple that is hanging from a gorgeous leafy green tree, but whenever you reach up to pick it, it seems like the apple is always just one branch higher than you can reach. <laughs> Sarah, you're so funny! <laughs> Tell him you're joking. Yes. Christ. <laughs> yes, I do. All the time. No, he doesn't. He doesn't feel like that all the time. Sarah is happy. Sarah, tell him how happy you are. What kind of antidepressants do you take? Zoloft. What about you? 
Well, I was on Cerazone, but it deadened me sexually, so I switched to Effexor. Nice. You've done it again. I'm going to have to apologize for my friend here, but don't worry. She is going home now. I, I get a crippling social anxiety, so I have to go with a selective serotonin uptake re-inhibitor or I'm useless. Yeah, dude. Okay, bring up the SSRIs. Let's bail before she calls someone over here to beat the crap out of you. Jacob, come on. We can try again when you decide to be slightly more stimulating than C-SPAN with the sound off. Let's go! Sarah, honey, let's go home. Make sure we have at least enough self-esteem to power a wristwatch. And then we'll put our profile back online, okay? That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay, fine. Jake, you know what? I'm through. That's how you want it. I'm gone, pal. And once I'm gone, seriously, you're on your own. Oh, okay. (laughs) What's okay? Never mind. Sarah, honestly, I am so sick of this. I have tried and tried to help you, but forget it. I'm done breaking my back. I'm so leaving and so maybe never coming back. Okay. Were you you talking to me? Why why did you just say okay? Never mind. Um, I'm ugly. My ass is really big and I snort when I laugh. Cool. Jackson Town
my J-Pan fan And the spreading of the straw for a bedding And the fleas that tease in the high Pyrenees And the wine that tasted of the tar And the cheers and the jeers of the young muleteers Under the vine of the dark veranda <laughs> Do you remember an inn, Miranda? Do you remember an inn? And the cheers and the jeers of the young muleteers who hadn't got a penny and who weren't paying any and the hammer at the doors and the din. And the hip-hop hat of the clap of the hands to the twirl and the swirl of the girl gone chanting, glancing, dancing, backing and advancing. Snapping of a clapper to the spin out and in and the ting-tong-tang of the guitar. 
Do you remember an inn, Miranda? Do you remember an inn? Never more, Miranda. Never more. Only the high peaks or and Aragon, a torrent at the door. No sound in the halls where falls the tread of the feet of the dead to the ground. No sound. But the boom of the far waterfall like Give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning A fever all through the night Romeo Fever all through the night. Fever! 
Jose Jesus Gonzalez. <laughs> nice job, audience. <laughs> Feeling the fever. crisp Saturday morning in Seattle's North End. Four mature and working women, all saddled with diminished expectations. <laughs> Set off for a day trip to Laconer and Tulip Country. Blankets in the trunk? Check. Chardonnay? Check. Condoms? It's a pilgrimage they make every spring. A way to air out the batting of their battered city hearts and breathe in the stimulating scent of possibility and renewal. Stella and Christine have battled several rounds of cancer. And between them are missing two uteri, one breast, half a thyroid, and a pinky finger. Martha is a recent convert to diabetes and now finds her glycemic index endlessly fascinating. How many carbs are in the Chardonnay, do you think? Hardly any, Martha. Only thing carb-free are the condoms. So we know who's going to be jumping down on those. Mmm, good! Ginger, <laughs> diabetes is not funny. Ah. Ginger, the driver of this cherry-red Malibu convertible, with white walls and leather seats, has her own little health secret. A pesky macular degeneration. The slow blinding of the main focal points in her eyes. This can be a challenge for most drivers. But Ginger's got a system. If I move my head swiftly from side to side... Like a squirrel with ADD. Quite well with my peripheral vision, at least on the freeways. Which is the only place she drives she's never trusted surface streets. Too much stuff in your way. <laughs> Buckle in, girls, here we go. Goodbye, Northgate parking lot. This is so exciting. Oh my god, it's marvelous already. Oh, smell that sweet air. That's the Mrs. Fields store, Stella. <laughs> Using her remarkable head-darting technique, Ginger... <laughs> Gun the convertible down the on-ramp onto Interstate 5. Skagit Valley, here we come! <laughs> I am so glad I don't have any hair. Oh, how about a song, girls? Remember sweet Betsy from Pike Who crossed the white prairies with her 
ladies belted out songs in the public domain. <laughs> Soaking in the sunshine, leaving their credit scores, wayward children, and worries in the dust, bulleting towards that ultimate reward, the tulip fields. Oh, pubescent bulbs of color, straight edge fields of blushing labia, red. Yellow, purple, orange. Oh, you guys know there are no blue tulips, right? We no. know. I love that. Blue is outlawed. Nothing blue. You can't be blue today. Anther and filament and stigma and style and ovary. Oh, big, bulbous ovary. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it for the ovaries. Ginger, we got there's our turn, the Connor Whitey Road. It's Whitney? It's Whitey. Oh, wait, but slow down, Ginger. I'm on it. I'm on it. On a wool blanket spread over the damp alluvial soil of the Skagit bottomlands, the women drank their Chardonnay and ate daintily from a plastic tray of Whole Foods sushi. They pondered the earth's rich abundance. Ah, I could die here. You're not going to die, Stella. Of course I'm going to die. Most of these carbs are in the brown rice. The crab's pretty much all protein. Martha added, working to bring the conversation politely back to diabetes. A breeze came up, and the tulips surrounding them shivered at the confusion and little volcanoes of fear emanating from the blankets in the midst of pure fecundity. Uh, just so you guys know, I- I've got a new lover. Her name is Wanda. She's a good driver. We're thinking of moving in together. We know. We know. Oh. Okay. Good. I don't want to go back to the city. Um, who is that? Where? Over there in the yellow row, running towards us. Is he waving a rat? What's on his head? Oh, my God. Is is that? No. Oh, he looks pissed. Oh, my God, you guys. I think it's Tom Robbins. It's not Tom Robbins, Christine. Jesus, why do you think every man in LaConnor is Tom Robbins? <laughs> She's obsessed. Well, he kind of looks like he actually could be. He's not. But his hair's dyed and he's got the sunglasses. And there's a monkey on his head. Lots of guys in LaConnor have monkeys on their heads. Oh, man. I'm getting moist. You're not getting moist. Now everybody act normal. Hey there, man with the monkey. Hi, Tom. Oh, my God. Just, just... What do you ladies think you're doing? Having a picnic. What does it look like? No, I'm talking about here. What are you doing here in the middle of my tulip field? Well, it's where the tulips are. We like to get real close. Hi, Tom. But you plowed that Malibu across a dozen planet rows. <laughs> well, obviously, you didn't supply an access road, You're so... supposed to have your picnics in the designated picnic areas. <laughs> 
Have you seen the traffic? It's bumper to bumper. We'd be breathing in fumes all day. I'm moist. No, I mean, I'm, I'm Christine. <laughs> Hi, Tom. What? You're Tom, right? Christine. Your name's Tom, right? Um, yeah. Oh, my God, Tom. I told them you were Tom. I don't think you're a misogynist. In fact, I grew up reading all your books. Cowgirls, still life, skinny legs and all, and they didn't demean me at all. They understood me. And they made me wish I was a guy. <laughs> Tom, can I pet your monkey? Look, uh, we don't want any trouble. We just drove north on a spring day looking for a break from the damn universe. All we want is a freaking break, man. Can't you visualize that? One more word and me and the monkey are gonna levitate your asses right back to I-5. Ooh. Ooh. I told you he was Tom Robbins. Oh, jeez. Let him levitate us, Ginger. We're in Tulip Town. Yeah, these are the fields of possibility. Okay, possibly Tom Robbins. Levitate away. No, I mean it. I mean it. I will levitate you. So go ahead. Right now? You can do it, Tom. I know you can. Kick our asses. Transform me. Change my quantum physics. And there, in that loamy soil surrounded by the expectant and vibrating tulips, a man who might possibly be Tom Robbins. <laughs> Hesitated slightly? Uh. As the ladies waited in heightened anticipation for this messianic event to take place. We're ready. All right, well, I'm older now, so... Just do it! Jesus Christ, you ladies are... Strained? Rubbed raw. Ready for the next dimension? You betcha. All right, well, you asked for it. <laughs> And the man, possibly Tom Robbins, solemnly warmed up both his hips and his vocal cords with counterclockwise gonad-like rotations, wildly swinging his arms. This is how I want to die! Okay, ladies, get in the car. You don't have to prove anything to us, Tom. Get in the Malibu now! This is it! Everyone hold hands! I'm so ready for magic! And possibly Tom Robbins and his monkey began to moan and wail, ululating like Nordic nursing mothers. The sounds were ear-piercing and ancient, yet mysteriously ineffective. And the ladies sat in the Malibu, hands clasped in solidarity, waiting for the psychic disturbance to send that Malibu flying through the air like a motherfucker. <laughs> but possibly Tom and his monkey had blown their wad. Did we move? No. Not at all? Oh, my God. Shit, I'm sorry, ladies. I really... Thought that was going to work. Oh, my God. You're not Tom Robbins. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not Tom he's, Robbins. He's just an ordinary Tom with a monkey. Christine, it's not the end of the world. Hey. Stella, who had been oddly quiet, got out of the Malibu and went up to this man who was not Tom Robbins. I'm Stella. She said. 
Hi, Stella. I'm going to die soon. All right. I'd like to do it in your field, if you don't mind. Uh, Stella, I actually think there are county regulations against that. I don't care. Well, uh, Stella, how about you come back to my place? We can work it out. Oh, Stella. It's okay, guys. This is where I want to be. I can't face the North End. I need the ovaries, the labia, the... The tulips! Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, goodbye, Stella. Goodbye. We'll quit your job for you. Thank you. Hey, not Tom Robbins. Sorry about the tire marks and the dead tulips. It's all good. With that, three out of four ladies with diminished expectations, but new and profound insight, motored slowly back to Seattle at 20 miles under the speed limit. found renewed enthusiasms for songs in the public domain. One evening quite early they camped on the plant. T'was nearby the road on a lane shady flat. Stella sore-footed lay down to repose with wonder tongue
Sandbox Radio was written by Hilaire Bullock, Emily Cumbert, Vincent Delaney, Elizabeth Heffron, A.A. Milne, Jim Moran, and Wayne Raleigh. Our stage managers were Lizzie Burton and Susie Butler. And this show was mixed by Brendan Hogan and recorded by Christopher Stewart. Host for Sandbox Radio, Leslie Law. So, one last thing Catherine and Annette are bringing out our lyric cards because now's the time in the show when we always love for you to sing along. I think you've caught the tune. Ready? Here we go. was written by Emily Conbert, Vincent Delaney, Elizabeth Heffron, Jim Moran, and Wayne Raleigh, with original music by Jose Gonzalez. The King's Breakfast by A.A. Milne and Tarantella by Hilaire Bullock were adapted for Sandbox Radio by executive producer Richard Zyman. The performance was recorded by Christopher Stewart and mixed by Dave Pascal. Our stage managers were Lizzie Burton and Susie Butler, with sound by Brendan Hogan. Find out more about Sam and Candace Vance at vancearts.com. For photos, live show information, and the podcast archive, dig deeper into Sandbox Radio at our website, sandboxradio.org. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and find the podcast in iTunes and Stitcher, where you can show your love for Sandbox Radio by posting a five-star review to push us up the ratings. See you at Town Hall on October 5th. And thanks for listening. And our spring fling is over, but there's still almost two weeks left in Nad's room, so keep writing those scripts and getting through your audio drama. Winter will be over soon enough, and summer will be here, so have a thought as to Sonic Summerstock 2016. Until next week, contact us at all the usual places through Facebook, Twitter, and the email at sonicsociety at gmail.com. For David Alt, and for all of us here at the Sonic Society and EVP Studios, I'm Jack Ward. Thanks for listening, and good night. My name is Captain Joanna Catherine Williams. My Joe.
Joanna Catherine Williams, and I am on the run. Set to fleeing the only home I have ever known. Father. The only life I have ever cared about. Help me. I am betrayed. Former captain in the Navy of the Nation of North Atlantic, rightful commander of His Majesty's ship the Mockingbird, and sole daughter of the Admiral of the King's Fleet. I was a great many things. Now, I am only one thing. Outlaw. I am pursued. Hunted by my own country. My own family. Kinsmen from the fields of war. All the things for which I have fought and lived and loved and killed. But no longer. No more. My ship and my crew are both my refuge and my guardians against the madness slowly engulfing my once great nation. My government calls me traitor. Sentenced to life imprisonment for my defense of the innocent. You didn't kill all of them. To disgrace and dishonor and shame in the eyes of the many. Subjected to orchestrated judgment within the walls of a circus court. I did what was right. I am named guilty. But to me, they are the traitors. The High Council, my new enemy. You used me. They used me as a weapon to cover up their crimes. Then protected themselves further by throwing my reputation into a fire of lies to burn. And be swept under the rug like so much dirt from freshly washed hands. Ashes. They tied their loose end nicely. Ashes. I am not Yes, I did what they said I did. Yes, I fired upon my countrymen. I took the lives of good soldiers upon the wastes of the battlefield. To save those who had been devastated and set upon by certain death? Death to make the violators pure again? Yes, I did that. A hard choice, and I would certainly make it again. But a traitor to my country? I assure you I am not. I swore my sacred oath, and I will not see it hindered. My duty is to the protection of this land and its peoples, not to the insurance of its criminals. There is an evil coming. I was never what they wanted. Good woman. Never what they envisioned me to be. My gender warrants fixed lots in life, assumed and expected. But I chose differently. I found, within myself, a higher calling for honor and duty. Father, please. Glory, despite my sex. Sacrifice made on my terms. You will be proud of me. Others also chose, like me, to show strength rather than hospitality, courage rather than fear, empowerment rather than compromise. In numbers, they now grow, and this is the change that is fearfully felt. Good woman. In this world, woman does not mean secondary, but they live in their world. Scum. A created and imbalanced world, one written into existence by their own hand, where equality is a subject best kept. Good woman. Taken with a grain of salt, a sly smile, and a small pat on the hand. Shh. They wouldn't want to lose power now, would they? They lied to me. My government now calls me traitor. But to me, they are the traitors. Overrun by a force with great momentum, this corrupted authority grows unseen and unbeknownst to the king. Who have I been fighting for? There is an evil coming, and I will see its end in my lifetime. Their aim run me down, kill me, or take me a prize. Never. But I will never be their prize. They will be mine. My redemption lies within the salvation of my land and the repulsion of this creeping darkness. They are the true enemy, and they will be cut out. This is our task at hand. Things may look bleak for our futures. Our way lost for the moment. Our band is small, but our will is mighty. Who knows? We may pick up others along the way, willing strangers to join this pack of strays. 
Though our death may be imminent, we must win. These will be our tales to tell. We soon set sail with the gusty tides. This is Captain Joanna Williams, casting off. Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday. Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not. Not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop.